As they're making their way, we can turn in our Bibles to Matthew 18. We're going to be reading from Matthew 18, where Jesus talks about faith and forgiveness. We're going to be reading again the, the full chapter. Uh, it's nice just to let the Word of God uh, speak into our lives, and it has just uh, all all kinds of excellent things as we read from God's Word. It's always beautiful to read from God's Word. From Matthew 18, where it begins, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it will be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to sin. Such things must come, but woe to the man through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into the fire of hell. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about the one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And the footnote even adds 70 times seven. Jesus answered, uh, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. 
servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me. I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. And the master called a servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. So we are reflecting on that sense of forgiveness as we find it there in Matthew 18. Our focus comes down at the end to verse 21. How many times shall I forgive someone who sins against me? Beloved children of God, this morning we are reading from the Gospel of Matthew again and looking at chapter 18. And in chapter 18 we have that focus on forgiveness. And so we've been looking at faith, faith in all different kinds of ways, and this morning, faith in terms of forgiveness. As we think about forgiveness as, as that central part of, of our faith, we recognize in, in relation also to having the Lord's Supper this morning that, that God in grace forgives us. That's what this is all about. And there is the sense of of are receiving forgiveness from God in faith. And, and that's a nice sense of the cup even, that when it says in Psalm 23 that our cup overflows, so we receive the forgiveness of God, and then that overflows to others. And so that's the sense that we are looking at this morning, that, that aspect of forgiven, we are forgiven, so then we can forgive others. Even with, with Wayne's story here, that's, that's right, we're supposed to forgive others, how can we do that? But it's, it's the forgiveness of God that flows into us, we receive that, and then we are able to forgive others, only then. And so that's also from the Lord's Prayer, where we pray in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins even as we forgive those who sin against us. So that connection is, is everywhere in the Bible, that connection of, of how can we forgive? Peter's question, how can I forgive my brother? How many times? Well, it, it begins with that, that aspect of forgiveness of God to us. Now let me, let me just begin by giving you a sense too of understanding, and I understand, you understand, we together know it's not easy. It's not easy for us to forgive. It's, it's a difficult thing for us as sinful human beings. It's hard. It's hard to be that forgiving kind of person. 
And so I have a little quiz for you that, that comes up through some of the material here. If someone wrongs me, I tend to hold a grudge. Yes or no? If someone does something that upsets me, do I just forgive or I, I hold a grudge? Well, no, of course. Or yes. Number two, I feel forgiving someone who has hurt me only encourages them to do it again. So somebody, somebody messes things up for me and I forgive them, but, but then, then they'll just do it again, right? So even Peter's question, how many times? It happens. It happens. And so you say, well, sure. Number three, even, I even find it difficult to forgive others even when they apologize. Even when they say they're sorry. Do they really mean it? I don't think so. And I'll hold a grudge against them. And I won't trust them again. Even if they apologize to me. No, it's, it's hard to forgive. Number four, I remain bitter about things even after I say I have forgiven someone. Sure, sure, I forgive you. But I'm not trusting you anymore. And I'm not going not gonna to get, get back to where we were at all. That sense of, of to really forgive and really restore. Verse 35, to really forgive your brother from your heart. That's a difficult thing. And the quiz meant to highlight how hard it is for us to forgive. And, and that is definitely a reality. And so we don't make light of that at all. It is not easy for us to forgive. So the key, the center of faith is to realize I have been forgiven by God. I have been forgiven by God. And so, so even in this, in this instance, say number three, even, even when, when we apologize to God. When, when we say to God, God, forgive me, often, often too, we, we're, we're not sure about that. And we, we wonder, does God really forgive us? Because if we don't forgive others, really, who apologize to us, why would God forgive us when we kind of apologize and ask him for forgiveness? There is, there is that connection, connectedness to it, that that our sense of receiving forgiveness, our assurance that God forgives me is where it starts for me to be able to forgive others. So faith, faith receives the forgiveness from God and only then can we in faith truly forgive those who hurt us. So that's what Jesus is getting at in Matthew 18. And it starts here when he says in verse 1 that, that aspect of, of what gets in the way very often of our forgetting, forgiving is pride. That sense of who is the greatest and the answer being I am the greatest. And so that's why this chapter on forgiveness begins with that element. The disciples are discussing who is the greatest. And, and in that there is a sense of feeling, well, I don't need forgiveness. 
because I'm so good, right? I'm so good, but you're no good, but I am really good. And so almost a sense of, of I don't need forgiveness and I'm not going to forgive you. That, that reality can, can build up in us. That sense of pride, the first of the seven deadly sins, and that, that we hesitate, we don't forgive others easily in that sense because, because they're just no good. And they are just written off. And so that, that can happen too in churches at times. Churches can be places where, where there is even a lack of forgiveness because, yeah, sometimes that sense of, of well, I, I look pretty good and, and I'm definitely better than others. And, and then if they mess up, they're just, they're just out. And that's just too bad. And to actually forgive and welcome back and restore is, is out of the picture in terms of pride. And so you see right away as Jesus confronts this aspect of pride in terms of faith, in terms of forgiveness, he says faith is humble. Faith is humble. That's where it has to start. Faith and forgiveness. Faith is humble like a child. Become like a little child. And the, the thought is too, he just, he just takes a, a young child, he just, just they were there with, with people, with children, and he says, like this child, nothing, nothing great in themselves in the sense of, of all their accomplishments, but that just humbly acknowledging the sense of weakness, the sense of sin. That's what we need to start where we need to start. Our need for God's forgiving grace. Our lives, every day, in every way. When we, when we recognize that, then we can be gracious and forgiving others. As we encounter the reality of sin also in other situations. The next thing that Jesus gets at in Matthew 18, you wonder, what is he getting at? He has the child there, and then in relation to the child, he speaks in terms of sin. The fact is that we are all sinners in need of forgiveness from God and others. That's what he's saying in verses 5 through 9, that we need to realize that. We need to speak about that reality, understand that reality in us, that we are sinful people, that we are even contagious in terms of sin. And so he talks about don't, don't uh, cause others to sin. Well, of course, I would never do that. But, but in sin, we actually do. We actually live in ways, we do things, we say things, we act in ways that, that are against God's will, and others see that and pick that up. Children see that in parents and pick that up. We are contagious. And that's what Jesus is, is suggesting too, that, that don't, don't be proud that you are perfect and others are awful. Recognize you, you are a sinful person. All of us are. And in fact, we are contagious and there's no vaccine to prevent it. And so he, he adds our hands. He said there, there are things that our hands take what is not ours. Their sin. Our feet go to places where godly people shouldn't go. Their sin. 
Our, our eyes look at things that, that godly people shouldn't look at. There's sin. And so he's, he's highlighting also the seriousness of it. This isn't just anything. This isn't just nothing. This is sin against God. So that reality he points out. And then in verse 10 to 14, he comes with that beautiful parable. He's told it quite a few times. He tells it again. God is ready to forgive, verses 10 to 14. He has that story of the lost sheep, the one who has wandered away in sin, a sinful wandering from God, and God in grace forgives and receives that person back, that lost sheep. So that, that reality of, of what God does for us as sinners, God forgives us. We need to forgive others. So that's the picture that he's painting. That's the, the truth that he's expressing. And our faith is at the center of that, the faith of believing that God forgives my sin. Then, then he gets very practical. How do you actually forgive others now? And so Jesus explains how. He has, he has a very clear outline. Jesus explained how to forgive someone in faith. Step one, verse 15. You go to the person who has sinned against you. And you just do that humbly. So the whole sense of very humbly is there. And, and how do you go to them? You're going to say, hey, you messed up. You're no good. You better apologize and maybe I'll forgive you. No, that's, that's not the picture. The picture is you go humbly and you acknowledge to the one who has sinned against you. They have messed you up your situation. They have done things that hurt you. And you go there acknowledging, I'm a sinner too. I've hurt others. Now, between us, you have hurt me. Can we be reconciled? Can we find forgiveness? Can we win together? That very often, that humble, that that sense of acknowledging in faith who we are reaches out to others and restores in countless situations. That forgiveness works. Sometimes it doesn't work because sin is tough and forgiveness is tough. And so Jesus says in verse 16, you can take someone along, uh, a friend, a friend of the other person, a friend of yours, a friend of the family, someone who knows the situation a little bit, just one person, maybe two, not necessarily. You sit down together very humbly again, very much understanding there's troubles between people, things happen, definitely. Can we find God's grace? Can we find forgiveness? And again, yes, yes we can. And again, often, coming together in that way, in faith, seeking forgiveness, believing forgiveness is possible, it often brings the good result. It's a wonderful gift of God. Step three, verse 17, in a small number of cases, 
where things cannot be resolved, then the church can help. Elders or myself as pastor come alongside, enter in, listen, understand, seek to prayerfully intervene and to bring forgiveness between parties who struggle. Faith forgives. Grace abounds. Jesus says in verse 18, we are doing eternal work when we forgive. We are doing the very work of Jesus as we recognize his forgiving grace to us and then work out that forgiving grace in our dealings with each other. So that's that's what Jesus is getting at. That, That center of faith to receive the forgiveness from God and then to graciously forgive others. That's the hope of the gospel. That's the truth of our faith. And Peter gets it. The the chapter ends with Peter uh, coming to Jesus and bringing a question to him. How often, how often do I actually have to forgive? He he understands forgiveness. He himself, in in Matthew 18 uh, or 16, was just called Satan by Jesus. He he was totally off track, and, and he was throwing the gospel aside and and he has been restored again he knows forgiveness in himself and so he wants to be forgiving and he wonders how many times how often do i need to forgive someone who sins against me and you have to realize that he is being exceptionally generous and gracious when he says seven times there was kind of an understanding that yeah two or three times and that would be it that was in the culture understood seven times he's willing to forgive someone seven times that's good say someone gossips against you maybe someone talks to others behind your back and says, did you know about her she's da 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 and it hurts your reputation hurts your feelings you find out you go to person you work out forgiveness and then a couple weeks later you hear it's happened again and you wonder, what is going on? But we dealt with this. And what do you do? You go again. You say, hey, you've hurt me again. And the person, the person lies to your face. And you don't realize it at the time, but after a little bit you realize, they actually lied to you as you were trying to work out forgiveness with them. And then they come and they say, oh, but I borrow some money from you and you give them some money and then they don't pay it back. And then you think, what's up with that? And you're dealing with this person and it's, it's tough and things happen and a bunch of things happen and how often do you forgive? Jesus' answer is 77 times with the understanding that the, the wording, the the, the Greek, it could very easily be, it most likely even, uh, it's 50-50. It could be 77 times or 490 times, 7 times 70. So the idea is a lot of times. The point of Jesus saying this, the point is faith forgives continually. Faith continues to forgive. Because in faith, we know, faith is central, our faith, we know, if we truly have faith, if we truly believe, right down in our hearts, 
we know that we need to be forgiven by God over and over and over again. That's what Jesus is getting at. Every day, in thought and in word and in deed, what was I, what was I thinking? Forgive me, Lord. What, what was I saying? Why did I say that? Forgive me, Lord. What was I doing? Why was I there? Why did I take that? Or, or Forgive me, Lord. Against God and against others, we sin over and over again. And God, over and over, by his grace, forgives us. That's what Jesus is pointing to. So to see that, to see that in faith, to see that that is our faith, that we believe that God in Jesus Christ forgives us, our sins, that then informs our dealing with others who sin against us. And lovingly, humbly, gently, we forgive them. We forgive them for being greedy, for lying, for being jealous, for being rude, for being proud, for being envious. When we refuse to forgive them, then we have forgotten our faith. Then we have forgotten that God forgives us. And so that's why that concluding parable is so striking. It's, it's just hugely, hugely exaggerated, but, but so true. The sense of the, the man who was forgiven a debt, 10,000 talents, 10,000 bags of gold, the, the huge amount that God has forgiven us. And then, and then would we turn around and, and we would not forgive someone just a few dollars? So you're talking God forgiving millions and then we turn around to someone and, and we wouldn't forgive them five bucks. And that's, that's the contrast that we have to see, that we need to, to see how great the forgiveness of God is. And that's, that's also in the supper today, that we see what God has done for us. And then as we receive that forgiveness, that we go out ready, willing, able, equipped to forgive others. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come. We come before you this morning in the truth of your word, Lord Jesus, recognizing the reality of sin and the difficulty of forgiveness. We thank you for your forgiving grace for us. And we pray that by your word and through the sacrament, we will enter more fully into receiving and believing and holding that too as our hope and our comfort and our peace at the center of our lives. And Lord, we pray, we pray that by your grace, you will. Provide to us, too, the mercy, the opportunity, the ability to forgive others. Lord, we thank you for your word that brings healing into situations through your forgiving grace when we trust in you. And we pray that you would draw us together in love as church, as people, as individuals, in your forgiving grace, in Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.